0: Hello everyone, Talk of the Town is up and running in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, USA. I'm Scott Montesano and this is where the Chippewa Valley comes to talk. A fun show ahead of us. Oh, they're all fun. Our shows are like pizza. You can have some pizza that's better than others, but it's all good, right? That's what, what That's what our shows are. And of course, we're drizzling the audible chocolate to all of you. Today, So our end of the week edition of Talk of the Town, and we're going to have a, a little bit of uh, soft news, if you will. Uh, we're going to sort of tone things down as this show goes on, and we're going to talk about, in honor of the Eau Claire Express, making it official that they will be playing this summer and that they will be able to bring in patrons to Carson Park and people will be able to enjoy the games We're going to discuss the top 10 baseball movies of all time. We'll do that later on, but we got some other stuff to get to, including some good news mixed in with the bad with COVID locally as we look to move on out of this. Uh, The whole discussion with COVID over the course of the last several months has evolved and all of that, and now the discussion is this. The discussion is... How are we going to really get out of this? We can now start to see the end. What we are right now is we are bundled up still. We're bundled up in our beds on Sunday morning, and we're trying to get ourselves out of bed and how that going to look. How are we going to take advantage of the day? We will talk about that in a moment, but I want to ask this question. What happened to shuddering? the Regency Hotel on Hastings. Remember that story, early December, mid-December, the Regency Hotel, one of those businesses in the area where, let's be honest, as you drive by the Regency on Hastings, you sort of look away. If you go to Wagner's, or you go to Wisco's, or even you're going to the Starbucks for coffee or any of the great local businesses around there, you kind of turn your head away from the Regency. You don't want to admit that it's here in the community. And what came out in early to mid December, when the city started to make efforts to try to close it, going through the legal courses to close it, you saw validation to rumors. The city pretty much validated what a lot of people had said without any proof. A lot of people had faith that bad things were going. Remember, faith is belief without proof. And people had a lot of faith that bad stuff was going on in there, and the city pretty much validated it all, said there's been drug activity. In there, There's prostitution in there. The inside of the Regency is, is squalor that the operator of the building has done little to work with the city in terms of cleaning things up. The individuals inside of the Regency aren't the problem. Yes, there are people inside of there who are dealing drugs. There are people inside of there that are doing prostitution. That is the sort of thing that the city has said, and yes, there are some bad faith actors that are in there. Yes, let's not say that, but a lot of the people that are there are there because they need a place to stay, any number of reasons, it's it's low cost. There's also, though, people that stay there who found the place online and come into the area with their family of four and don't know what they're getting in either. That too came out. But suffice to say, the city said enough of this. It's a, it's a, it's a prime piece of real estate. We got to shut this place down. This guy's not working with us. We've got to shut this thing down. The guy immediately says, I'm going to fight it. And he started to claim that, well, he helped the city out by putting COVID patients in there and, and taking in the homeless at times. And, and as I said at the time, that's good. But if it shows you how much bad you've done. That if you, just because you do one good thing, it does not make up for a number of bad things. If the pattern is bad, the occasional good does not necessarily salvage you. Well, the city's goal, remember, was to shutter the Regency in January. Obviously, the Regency is still open. You still have people there. We have no idea whether things have been fixed inside of there. I, I, I have a feeling no, uh, but I wonder what is going on with that. And I, and, I, and I would think we're going to hear some more in terms of what's happening with the Regency in the coming days and weeks. I think we're going to start hearing some updates As to what's going on with the Regency. Because it looks as though this is going to go to to court. And we'll see how it gets handled. Maybe the Regency is allowed to stay open. And agreements are made to make some changes to the facility. Regardless of what your opinion is. Every business. Every business. That operates in a community. This business included. You are a good faith actor to the overall community, meaning you should have high pride in representing the community. It should not simply be about getting a quick buck. You should want to showcase your community no matter what business you're running, and you can operate a low-budget motel while still holding yourself to high standards. You absolutely can. The fixtures inside of the hotel are not going to be as nice as they are some others. Some other things aren't going to be as pretty, obviously. But you can still hold yourself to a high standard. Every business can. You can be a dive bar in this community and still hold yourself to a high standard. There's a number of them that do. Kind of a dive bar, look like a hole in the wall. You walk in there, it's, it looks kind of beaten up, but that doesn't mean they're not taking pride in it. That doesn't mean that they're not doing things in the up and up. They're running their books well. They're taking care of their employees well. It might not look clean, but it is very clean inside of the place. If they're serving food, they're serving good quality food to you. So every business has a responsibility to be a good steward to the community as a whole. And the city is claiming that the Regency is not that. The Re- they are claiming that the Regency is not that. Be interesting to see how that goes. Now, again, he could argue, as he tried to, that he is there for the downtrodden. There are people there that can't afford to live anywhere else; they're living there. Of course, there's laws that say you can't live, you can't be at a hotel, x amount of days. The counter argument that I think the city is going to make, and when you see all of these accusations, is he's not there to help the downtrodden; he's there to attempt to profit off the downtrodden. Scrape as little money that the downtrodden have out of desperation and need. And, and, and take the money and run. The minimal reinvestment, if you will. And I think the city could also argue back to him that, as I said, be a good steward. If you take pride in the business and you do put some money into the business, the people that are there at the business have to hold themselves to a higher standard. You go to a fancy restaurant, people are more apt to carry themselves in a different way as opposed to walking into a restaurant that maybe has the booths, have ripped seats, the chairs are wobbly. It's a little different. I will say this about the hotel industry. We had on on Banker with a Beer a few months ago, the lady with the Country Inn and Suites up in Chippewa Falls, and she made, and that's a nice hotel, in Chippewa Falls, nice hotel, and she made a good point that you know, they sometimes have problems at the nice hotels of people ransacking rooms, it tends to be locals, she said, they, they, they get very leery if you're a local and you rent out a room for a night or a weekend, because there's a high percentage that end up destroying the rooms, and I'm not talking about people that are doing drug deals or prostitution. She's talking about people that just go and decide to have a beer bust in a hotel room. So it happens, bad bad things happen even at the nice hotels in the area. But it's about consistency. It's about how do you handle it. And it's about if you do something to try to prevent it from happening at your hotel. We'll keep an eye on that. As I mentioned, the Okra Express announced this week they will start their season with 50% capacity at Carson Park, another sign of things returning, which is very, very nice. Fans will be asked to wear masks. Don't complain. Wear your mask if you're there. As we'll say in a moment, as more and more people get vaccinated, that, that mask requirement is going to melt away very quickly for a lot of people going into businesses, but it's not there quite yet. Now, whether it's the Express or it's Country Jam or any other event, remember that the announcements of these things happening right now, they're like hearing the sounds of the circus from outside the tent. Hearing the sounds of the circus outside the tent. We aren't in the tent yet. Admission for society as a whole for these things is we continue to make progress. So do your part. Get vaccinated. If you're just 1% interested in getting vaccinated, get vaccinated. 100 million Americans cannot be wrong. Your pal Scotty got it. Everybody I know that I care for is getting the vaccine. I know one person that's not getting the vaccine. One person that's not getting the vaccine right now. So do your part. Wear your mask. Don't spread false stuff on social media. Do your part. Uh, Vaccination rate has stalled among seniors in Chippewa County. And I I wouldn't be surprised if we see a story like that come out in Eau Claire and and the state as a whole and eventually the country as a whole. Uh, Disappointing, but at the same time, we know we aren't going to get to 100%. And I think right now in Chippewa County... They're at 77% of seniors who have been vaccinated. Now, Angela Weidman would like to see that higher. I don't blame her. I think they they don't want to settle for any number less than 100. That's fine. I think the hope is maybe as it becomes even easier to get the vaccine to the point where vaccines are distributed as easy as grabbing a pint at a local watering hole, that some of those that are hesitant will get it as one of their rationalizations, which is supply, diminishes. And I've said this, you're going to see if when we get to the point where the vaccinations are distributed by individual doctor's offices, I think that'll help a certain segment of the population. Um, I know I would have felt more comfortable getting it at my doctor's office than getting it at Memorial High School. Uh, If I had a choice, which I didn't have a choice, and I wasn't going to wait for that. Uh, So there are some things like that 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 are going to, I think, slowly get numbers up, too, as time goes on. Now, there are simply people that are just not going to get the vaccination. They just aren't. Fine. And I don't think if you're not going to get the vaccine, then, well, I'll, I'll mention this in a moment. With the FEMA site opening in Eau Claire this week at UW-Eau Claire, right now we're generally in the area, the Chippewa Valley, about 25% are fully vaccinated. Uh, the hope would be to see that get to maybe 50 or 60% by the end of the month now that you've got this FEMA site. Now maybe you will <clears throat> we'll even be higher by the end of the month. The ultimate goal is 75 to 80%. Well, the ultimate goal is 100%, but 75 to 80% of people vaccinated, and then a month after you hit that number, because it takes about a month for the vaccines to really kick in, then bam. Then I don't want to make wild promises, and you're not hearing anybody make wild promises, but, but bam, we will be over a significant hurdle in this. At that point, as I said before, and I said it this week, once everyone who wants the vaccine has had ample opportunities and hopefully has it, Then we can move the discussion on to something else about hey, you know, there's more of a legitimate argument about do you want restrictions, do you not want restrictions, and all of that. We can start having some conversations pre COVID once we hit that 75 to 80% number. And most importantly, everybody that wants one has had their opportunities because after that point, Having the vaccine becomes your choice. Right now, having the vaccine is not your choice. And you're saying, yes, it is. Well, y- yeah, but there's people out there that want the vaccine who haven't been able to get it yet. That's what I mean. In a few weeks, when everybody who's raised their hands and said, I want a vaccine, has had ample opportunities to have it and hopefully has had it, and that leaves the people that just don't want one. Then we can move on. Because then risk becomes more of a personal choice than it has been. That's the tough thing here. I know everybody wants to talk about it's my right, my personal re- responsibility, all of that. And you're right. You're 100% right. But that's not where, we're all, where we are right now. It's not where we are right now. You walk around without a mask, unvaccinated, you're putting other people at risk. And just don't think selfishly. Instead of arguing about your personal rights, why not think about somebody else? But by the time we hit maybe even the end of this month, early next month, you might see those numbers get to the point where it becomes more of a all right now at that point, I'm going to be, when we hit that 75, 80% and people have been vaccinated, and you, you, what you have then is the population that doesn't want to get vaccinated, then I'm going, I will very much be on the side of, all right, it's, it's, it's people's choice. It's people's choice. And it'll also be business's choice, but it'll be your choice to go to a business or not go to a business, depending on what their mask policy is, what their social distancing policy is. All right, we had some tough discussions. But as I said... O'Clair Express are going to be welcoming fans back this year. The Blue Golds are playing baseball this spring. Let's have some fun. We're going to talk about the top baseball movies, top baseball movies all time. That comes up on the other side of this timeout Talk of the Town on O'Clair Hometown Media. I'm Jerry Keel. I'm Senior Vice President of Sales and Marketing at Northwestern Bank. Northwestern Bank's a great place to do business with because we've been around for 100 years. We've been doing this for a long time. Not just the bank itself, but our staff has been around for many, many years. Our goal is to deliver the greatest banking experience we can in the Chippewa Valley. And I think we deliver it each and every day. And having that experience helps us get you there. Northwestern Bank, building stronger communities where people matter. Member FDIC. The end of a life is a sad occasion, but listen as our friend Randy with Stokes, Prock and & Munt and the Cremation Society tells us about how the end-of-life services they facilitate serve a role they do not take lightly. But as we celebrate a person's life and even tell funny stories about them, that's a very healing thing. I mean, if you can take a family that's crying, sobbing, and get them laughing about the person that died, that's very healing. That's a very important thing, you know. I mean, we take our work very, very seriously. Randy and the folks at Stokes, Proc & Munt, along with the Cremation Society, are available to answer any of your questions, including pre-planning your arrangements. Check them out online and on social media. Our friends with Toys and Ford are great supporters of not only Eau Claire Hometown Radio, but a lot of great local things, and we've got Craig here to tell us really what Toys and Motors and Toys and Ford is all about. Toys and Ford is, is much more than a place that sells cars and obviously that's that's the start of our relationship with a lot of people at selling a car. But uh, when we say our slogan is you'll find a friend. We want you to come back, and we want to build a relationship that's going to last for years and years and hopefully for the rest of your life and our lives. So when you buy your car, we want you to come back for service, and we're going to introduce you to our service department. So when you first come in for your first oil change or service visit, you know the staff already. You feel comfortable, and you know what's going to go on. You know what to expect. You'll come into our lounge, and we'll fix your car. You can talk to the salesperson if you have any questions about what is on your car that you might have forgotten in the meantime that you purchased it. So you've got lots of opportunities to, to reconnect with our staff and our staff to connect with you that we can make it a good ownership experience all throughout owning your car. Hey, want to change gears for a moment and talk about our friends at Mom's Kitchen? They're located up there at the Pinehurst Plaza Shopping Center north side of town and you know them from being our sponsors of the gold star of the week luke and his gang up there great local restaurant perfect spot for breakfast lunch but don't forget about their dinner as well they are very very prideful of the burgers that they put out there personally my favorite is breakfast time there but do not discount mom's kitchen for lunch and dinner, try their Packer Backer Special, by the way. Oh, they love making it, and they love to see their customers enjoy that. Mom's Kitchen up at the Pinehurst Plaza Shopping Center. Okay, we continue on with Talk of the Town. Scott Matisato with you. Uh, check out the Sentences by Scott blog this week uh, because, well, that's what we're going to talk about right now. The top baseball movies of all time, so I I I put this all out on the blog this week. Uh, so go to the blog. There's also some past blogs that are still there. So check that out at the website echometownradio.com. The top baseball movies of all time. By the way, while you're there, a lot of other great shows that we've got. Uh, Banker with a beer this week, featuring Judy Clark from WEAU Television, one of the stalwarts of the local media. Uh, You do not want to miss that Uh, funny thing with Judy Clark. Uh, So typically when we do the Banker with a Beer, myself and Jerry from Northwestern Bank, we stick around a little bit after we have a second beer, and that's when the conversation really gets good. So we recorded the show, and i judy was willing to stick around for another beer and uh, i think jerry had a place to go or something like that and we had we had to we had to kind of cut it short there we still chatted for about 20 minutes after the show ended but we didn't have another beer who knows what state secrets i I would have heard from the local media if we'd had a second beer (laughs) no it was great to chat with uh with Judy Quarica I uh, uh, know a lot of the people in local. Well, I used to know a lot of the people in local television. You, you have a a, a churning that goes on in the industry, which is fine. It's a, it's a transient industry, but I uh, never met Judy Clark, so it was nice to chat uh, with her. She is a an anomaly, by the way, in that she's born here, raised here, really has never left the area, uh, and there are pros and cons to that. You've got people like me that get kicked around like a coffee can. And then you've got people like Judy Clark, and you need to have a good mix of that in your community and in every industry. It's good to have people like me that have been around and have seen different things and bring fresh ideas, but it's also really good to have people that haven't left an area to kind of keep things grounded. It's a good mix. Speaking of a good mix, I've got a good mix of top baseball movies here. It's baseball season. Baseball season. This is the time of the year, especially when you have opening day and opening week, where, and me being the biggest baseball fan in the Chippewa Valley, and I will put my baseball fanhood up against any one of you. You want to step up to me and you want to do a trivia contest? I don't care. I'm talking about purely loving baseball, meaning you go to games. You don't just sit back and watch a game on television. No, 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 no. You go to games. You go... You, when you're walking by a Little League field, you stop and watch for a little bit. A little creepish, if you will, but still, you're, you're so drawn in. When you're driving in a town and you see, you, you hunt for a ballpark in the town. When you're flying, you're looking for fields. Uh, speaking of which, before I move on, did anybody see that Major League Baseball video from last week that featured uh, Carson Park? Uh, check that out. But this is a good time of the year to talk about baseball movies. And baseball is one of the perfect frames for Hollywood movie plots. It's better than any other sport when it comes to that. Because baseball, yeah, in many ways serves as a metaphor for life. But you have the optimism of spring. The drawn out summer, and then the ultimate climax at the end. And baseball fits a great rhythm for movies. Now, we were, uh, Tinseltown was giving us blunt force trauma with baseball movies in the, the 1990s. It has slowed down considerably since then, and there has not been a major baseball focused movie in years you gotta go back to 42 was the last one and that's almost a decade now since 42 came out and you haven't had any original stories in years but let's get to it here Uh, the, the topping my list is major league major league now major league has what i call a cable glue factor Cable glue factor, meaning whenever it's on cable or you're flipping through TV and you see Major League, you can't help but watch a few minutes, And you can, no matter where you pick up the movie. Uh, on the cable glue scale, Shawshank Redemption usually is the top of, every, of any man's list. <laughs> you, you come in the Shawshank Redemption, which is a three-hour movie, and it's all right, and you stop and you watch a few minutes of it if it's on television. Major League is the same way. As an aside... You had the sequel, Major League Two. That isn't bad, but like most 1990s sequels, Mighty Ducks being an example, it's more cartoonish, but it's not bad. Now, we'll never speak. They made a third one. We'll never speak of that one ever again. Poor Ted McGinley. Uh, Bull Durham comes in number two, part of the uh, Kevin Costner baseball run. Uh, again, very quotable. You've got a cable glue factor there. The last 15 minutes seem very forced and quick, though. The ending isn't bad, but everything just seems court sort of fit in at the end, like they were like they were told to wrap it up. Number three is a fun one, especially if you're a Twins fan. Little Big League Cubs in number three for me. Now it was a part of a string of kid theme movies in the 1990s. He had Rookie of the Year as well. That doesn't make my list. This one is very good in that it's as accurate as possible with a far-flung premise. It's not over the top, nor cartoonish. You got some real major leaguers at the time that are in it. Ken Griffey Jr. serves as a villain. And frankly, Timothy Busfeld does solid work. He's like a reliable leadoff hitter in any flick he is in. Uh, Bad News Bears is number four. The original, the Walter Matthau version. Now, the uh, the one that came out in the mid two thousands uh, with Billy Bob Thornton isn't bad, but but go for the original. Uh, it, it it is timeless. It really is. You can go and watch that movie. You you watch movies even from ten years ago because of the way technology has advanced, and you look in and you 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 kind of taken out of the fourth wall if you will with bad news bears we my family and i just watched it a couple weeks ago You're, you you the, the fashion's a little different but the way the parents act and everything is still to this day accurate it's funny it's a little cringeworthy because you sit there and you go i know parents like this i know there are jokers in this area making money off kids and use the line well it's about the kids it's not about the kids Bad news, Bears. Uh, Number six is 42. Saw a lot of it uh, when uh, Chadwick Boseman passed away last year. A lot of people put the movie back out uh, for everybody. Uh, I know he's had other movies that might end up getting more accolades and, and people will look back more fondly, but that was some fine work, what he did in 42. Go back, watch that movie. It's a great baseball movie. Moneyball, another true story. Put aside the untrue and comical assertion that the rise of the early 2000 A's was thanks to Scott Hatterberg being able to walk. (laughs) This is just a strong baseball movie. The baseball scenes are done kind of oddly, but in a good way. It happens to have developed that cable glue factor as well. Good movie, really good movie. Check out 42. Number eight, one that you may have forgotten about, Angels in the Outfield. Disney movie, we talk about cartoonish. This one's cartoonish, but in a good way, and it's got a rather serious plot. A deadbeat dad leaving his kid in a foster home. Rather serious topic. Face it, Disney makes great sports movies, and you don't think of them touching deep topics, but they do. Even the the, the original Mighty Ducks, people kind of laugh about it. Remember, the Emilio Estevez character, Bombay becomes the coach because he was drinking and driving. <laughs> Not that drinking and driving's funny, but the, the idea Disney can get away with these things because you don't think about it. It's like a pat of butter melting over you. You, you go, oh wait, Angels in the Outfield, Deep premise to it, but a lot of fun to watch that movie in an all-star cast. Field of Dreams sneaks in at number nine for me. A cool movie. The messaging is timeless. My big thing on Field of Dreams is Dyersville, northeast Iowa. I've been there, drove by it a couple times. If you want to go see the place where Field of Dreams was filmed, have at it. But don't think of it as a baseball mecca. The only people that consider it a baseball mecca are people too lazy to go to my area and to Cooperstown. Let me put it this way, folks. There's nobody back where I'm from who's dying to get out to Dyersville, Iowa to the Field of Dreams site. Go to Cooperstown. And then number 10, for love of the game, the late Kelly Preston in it, Kevin Costner, late 1990s, great lines in that. Vince Scully serves as the broadcaster in it. Outstanding movie. Honestly, I could have had this at number one. It's got a great cable glue factor to it, but it also has a sneaky remote syndrome. And what I mean by that sneaky remote, remember 20 years ago when we'd all watch a little Skinamax? Oh, Scott, what are you talking Yeah, you watch Skinamax, watch some body heat. <laughs> Sneaky remote syndrome, meaning that as soon as you hear somebody ruff, ruffling around in the house, you'd, you'd flip the channel. You wouldn't want anybody to know you're watching that. For Love of the Game is the same way. You don't want people to really know you're watching For Love of the Game. Not that the movie's been panned, not that people hate the movie, but there's like an embarrassing factor to it, especially if you're a guy watching it, because it's got sort of a, it, it's it's more of a love story than it is baseball, though there's a lot of baseball in it. But it's more of a love story. And you get drawn into the love story. So while men like me make fun of our wives for loving their Hallmark movies and Lifetime movies, we make fun of them for that. We don't want to get made fun of for the fact we like for love of the game. Uh, Some will ask, Scott, where is the sandlot? It's buried. Hopefully somebody one day will find where they've got it stored on a server somewhere and chuck the server into the bottom of the Pacific Ocean. Uh, it's a terrible movie. I do not like the Sandlot. Not one bit. I have no fond recollections of it. Though teenage Scott did have a crush on Wendy Peppercorn, the uh the the lifeguard in it that uh, squints steals a kiss from. Not a big fan of uh Sandlot. You know, you could have a whole other a whole other run of of movie of some of the worst baseball movies of all time. Trouble with the Curve is right up there. Uh, trying to think of some others that I've seen that were done really that were really bad. Rookie of the Year, we my family and I watched it last year. Didn't really have a lot of staying power. It wasn't as good as I remembered it. Major League Three might top that list. Then you got some older baseball movies, but it, it, you can keep going with uh, with movies uh the babe i don't think the babe is bad but it doesn't make my list that's the uh john goodman vehicle from the early 1990s oh you can just keep on going but we're out of time more for you next week on behalf of everyone who made this podcast possible i'm scott montezano saying there's a great big beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day make sure to take advantage of it and until next time so long everybody